0: I've had the most fascinating, helpful, interesting sales and marketing, I want to say like customer service experience recently, which I realize now I literally just wrote down, I was like, what are the lessons that all of us can take away from this experience and really dive into some of the nitty gritty and really deconstruct for all of us what felt so great about this experience and give you permission to take any of these ideas and apply them in your business. And I will also tell you too, it's very helpful for you as a customer to pay attention to the customer experiences that you have that feel really good to you. There is so much that we can learn when we look outside of the industry and you look outside your industry for inspiration and ideas, because you are a customer all of the time, <laughs> whether you go to the grocery store, whether you're at the McDonald's drive through whether you walk into Chanel, whatever it is that you're doing with your time, you are a customer all of the time and really paying attention to what does it feel like as a customer and how did that other business serve you in a way that was super helpful. And I wanted to very specifically talk this one through in terms of this is an amazing example as to why we don't need to worry about growing our follower count in the floral design industry. And that was something that I chased after for such a long period of time in terms of wanting to feel more legitimate. And I kept telling myself and I kept believing that more followers must be how you get the good customers. And particularly these days, like if you spend more than 14 seconds on social media, you will probably run across somebody who wants to push their social media teaching on you. And I know for the floral design industry, it's really counterintuitive. And it's kind of unbelievable when Kathleen comes along and says, You don't need to worry about engagement and you do not need to worry about follower count. And this experience that I'm going to talk you through, the insights that I've learned from this one like sales experience that I've recently have is so helpful because it's a great example of how that concept is even true, not just for the floral design industry, but many premium based service based industries. So I'm going to talk you through this experience that we've had recently in trying to find a moving company. It's not something that most of us do very often in our lives, right? We spend a big chunk of our time just moving ourselves, <laughs> hoping that we have as little stuff as possible to make sure that we could just fit it into our cars. I remember driving off to university, <laughs> leaving small little island town, and I was going to the big city, going to university. And me and one of my closest friends, got in the car and he had like a bag and a pillow with him. And I had like all of my life's possessions. (laughs) And I still remember like sitting in the driveway going like, I can barely see out of my car. This is going to be such a crazy experience. Like small town girl is heading to the big city, even though Vancouver is not that big of a city. (laughs) When you grow up on an itty bitty town, my friends, Vancouver feels like New York. It's nowhere near the size. (laughs) but context, my friends. So I'm going to talk you through the ins and outs of my experience with this moving company because there's so much value in some of the lessons that I've recently learned. And I know if you jump on social media, so many people are saying, oh, you need to make sure you're posting a reel and here's five tips for engagement and this is what you need to post next if you want to get the next 100 followers. But I wanted to present this experience to you to show you that many, many, many times, it is very helpful to look outside the floral design industry for new ideas, and new ways to solve problems. And I never would have thought that, oh, yeah, let's look at the moving industry. (laughs) That's an example of what we can learn in terms of how to attract better customers in your flower business. Like I never would have drawn the conclusion from that, but this is going to be so helpful. This is going to be so helpful if you do weddings and events in particular, But it's going to be very helpful, no matter what kind of floristry you provide. Because we all think from our space of self doubt, and I don't know what I'm doing, we all think I need to get more followers, I need to be on all the platforms, I need to invest in blow money on all these styled shoots that I need to have a crazy portfolio, I need to invest in expensive software I need more followers, more engagement, more reels. I have to be on TikTok. I must be on Facebook. I need to be on Pinterest. I have to do all of the things. I need more credentials, more qualifications, and I need a bigger shop. And we look at all of these things in a way to kind of really help fill the void or fill the hole in our own kind of feeling insufficient because we think that our confidence comes from any one of those line items, which we know is not true. But What's also really helpful to do as a business owner and the person sorting through the marketing in your business is really pay attention to what it feels like to be a customer and particularly at the two ends of the spectrum, right? One thing for me as a customer is if I feel ignored, I hate that experience. I also don't want to be like completely smothered. But if people aren't acknowledging us in their shop, if nobody's paying attention to us at the restaurant, if there's nobody at the checkout, like if somebody would rather be somewhere else, I'm like, bad customer service. On the other end of the spectrum, when you have those really good, really satisfying customer experiences, whether it's you're trying to find a new doctor or you're trying to find a place to have dinner or you're trying to find somebody who can come hang something on your wall, anytime that you're going through that experience of trying to find a solution to a problem, when you have to pay somebody money, that is you being a customer going through the sales and marketing process. It is you going through the customer journey of that different industry and of that different business. And it has been so helpful to reflect on this experience and go, what felt so right about how they solved our problem? And what felt so right in terms of why did we decide to go with them? Because there are some horror stories about moving companies. And at the same time, sometimes they're all just the same. And how can we tell the difference between the people that we want to pay money to and the people who, I don't know, might take our money and run the other direction and really pay attention to your own thought process and tease it apart. So I literally sat down and I just made like the most detailed notes about what was the exact process that We went through. And to go through this and think this is exactly what your customer is doing when they're looking for a florist who could deliver flowers to Chicago, or if they're looking for a florist who could help put on a pop-up or a workshop, or they're looking for a florist to do a wedding or event. Really thinking like your customer can be so incredibly beneficial and heaps easier when you pay attention to when you customer. So I'm going to walk you through this journey and really highlight a couple of things that made this experience so good. So in this whole process of looking for a moving company, the first place we went was Google. Literally went, (laughs) moving company. Get me from destination A to destination B. We then landed upon a website, which I would call one of those like relay service type I shouldn't say relay service, but like middleman, right? Conglomerate websites where obviously these businesses pay to participate, to be a part of it. A little bit like some of you guys who pay to be part of the knot, or some of you guys that pay to be part of some of those wedding listing websites where us as the customers don't know at the very beginning, the difference between any one of these moving businesses, but you can go to this website it will then take all of your information you give them a bit of an estimate in terms of how much needs to be packed who's doing the packing how much space is there how many fragile items it's not a very epic questionnaire but it's just enough for the moving company to kind of get a general sense of hey how much stuff and how much effort is it going to be to move this family and where are you going, right? So are you going from this postcode to that postcode? Or are you going from this city to that city? Are you going from this country to that country? Like the bare bones of information so that the recipients on the other end could take that information and then they get to move to the next step. It's a lot like your event or your wedding inquiry form, but this happened to be hosted on a separate website. So from there, our information was then distilled out to all of the people who are part of this platform. And this is what is so fascinating, is what happened next is what sealed the deal. So within 24 hours, we had only heard back from two moving companies. One of them said, hey, thanks so much for your inquiry. Please give us a call and we'll arrange a site visit and an inspection. To which we immediately deleted the email. Because what you're asking in that instance is for the customer to do more work. If I had found about you and knew about you, I would have just called you from the beginning, but I don't want to call you. (laughs) I'm just like looking for information. So that first email, although it was quick to respond, required the customer, required us to do more work. So we said, delete that my friends, is the prime example of how so many wedding florists and event florists manage their inquiries, right? You've got this like hot lead that's coming on your website, and then you send them back this generic list that says, you know, here's my price list, here's some information about us, please call us to arrange a consult. The best thing you could do in that instance is at least then have a button that links them to a consultation or a booking consultation, if that's what you want to do. But this moving company, it's like they knew my wedding inquiry process and they copied it. I was like, this is genius. The simplicity of what they're doing here. For those of you guys who have done the wedding inquiry masterclass, so much of what I'm going to talk through here will just make so much sense to you because the second email that we got back included within the email, a very quick summary of this is what you told us in terms of your information. Here is a rough cost asterisks asterisk asterisk but here is a rough estimate. it's going to cost you approximately ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars to do what you want us to do. That my friends was such an incredibly valuable piece of communication. We received it within twenty four hours of submitting our generic inquiry. It is not a price list it is not a formal quote. it is simply hey, based on the information you provided, here is some budgeting details. It's a little bit like if somebody asks you a picture that you post on Instagram and they're like, Hey, how much is that installation? Or they send an inquiry and they actually want to ask you how much are my wedding flowers going to cost instead of going through all the rigmarole of, I need to do a site visit and a consultation. I need to measure this up and we need to talk about flowers and we need to do this. It's like, Oh, if you're looking at these items, estimate somewhere between eight and $14,000 that piece of information as a customer who knew nothing about what (laughs) we're asking this company to do was like, wow, this is so incredibly helpful. From there, we then got to go through the process of being able to jump on the phone with them, ask a few questions, very quickly organized, hey, can you come out to our place, give us a bit more of a structured quote, can we talk through some things? And here's the thing, between the time that we actually organized the site visit. Hey, can you come here and help us move? And the actual original inquiry piece of information we got, we did go out and actually do some research on our own in terms of who is this company and what can we find out about them. That included going to their website. Do they look legitimate? (laughs) Two, have they got any sort of social media presence? What kind of Google reviews have they got? It's so interesting how we're looking for that third-party endorsement just to make sure, because we don't know these people from anybody else, but looking for that third-party endorsement to be like, hey, so our first experience with them has been great. What do other people say about them? That's a very normal customer behavior. But here's the thing. These guys have 26 followers. Not 26,000, not 2,600, but 26. Did that stop us from continuing on with this project? Nope, not in any way, shape, or form. It did not deter us. It did not turn us away. I was like, of course you're not on that platform or that platform because you know that's not where your customers are. Of course you've prioritized Google, and of course you've prioritized being on this third-party quote system, and of course you've really put your energy and effort into that quick response, give them a rough guide process because you know that that's what your customer Cares about to be able to book a fifteen thousand dollar project with one email. That's essentially what they've done. Is that they're kind of eighty percent to the process from that one email. They pretty much have us at the mm hmm. Yep, I'm in. I'll take it. One email, and they only have twenty six followers. Because they've learned where they need to focus their energy and effort to seal the deal with their customers, and it's so helpful. Because I absolutely, and I know so many of you guys are like, "But I need to get more followers, and I and that's how I'm going to get more customers, and I need more followers, that's how I'm going to get the better customers." And it's like, what if that's not true? What if all of that time and energy that you're spending on social media, trying to chase engagement, worrying about reels, and trying to grow your following, is actually not going to pay off? it's possible. And here's what's so interesting. They then knew the next step in the process, because we are doing something that's big. (laughs) It's unknown. And it's in quotes, scary. We're highly emotional customers. So they are going to meet us with a lot of structure and process and checklists and process step by step. This is how this is going to go the front of their folder isn't a cute, glossy logo. It's not some moody photo. It's literally five steps to making it easy. (laughs) It's like the most unglamorous brochure on the planet, but they totally get who their customer is and what we're thinking. And it's like, wow. Okay. Step one, get a quote. Step two, we'll pack for you. Step three, bon voyage. Step four, customs. Step five, welcome home. I'm like, huh, these guys certainly make it sound really easy. And then in addition to that, so their collateral wraps it up very well. They talk us through their process very simply. And when she comes to do the consultation to kind of talk through the ins and outs of it, she is so good at answering our questions, but even better than that, educating us on the ins and outs of what actually happens behind the scenes. Yes, This is what you get to do with your customers. And it's this idea of understanding, like, if you put yourself in your customer's shoes and they're asking a question of, I really want peonies, take the time to educate them on when peonies are in season, the fact that you can never guarantee the quality of them. Sometimes, even if they want peonies and they're having a really pastel muted feminine color palette and it's only coral charm season. (laughs) All of that information is so incredibly helpful. It's like being able to actually show them like what's happening behind the scenes. What are all the things that they don't know about? What are all the things that they can't see that they don't even need to worry about necessarily, but they don't know what they don't know. And that's why I love this example of trying to find this moving company because I have no idea about the logistics of what needs to happen to get all of our stuff from here and all of our stuff moved to a totally different location. (laughs) I have no clue. And I didn't even know what I didn't know until she started telling us. Until she started telling us this is what's going to happen and there's hold this bunch of paperwork and then there's this bunch of paperwork and do you need to worry about this and what about this and do you need to worry about this? She was so helpful, but she also didn't give us vague answers. She gave us very concrete, step-by-step, step, probably more information than you actually need to know. But that authority and that education that she went through in that process is what gave us the trust in terms of, yeah, I mean, sure, we're going to pack up all of our worldly goods and ship them halfway around the world. No problem. <laughs> Absolutely no problem. These guys seem to be great. How did we find out about them? Google. How much are we going to pay them? $15,000. And they sealed the deal in such a simple, quick process. And I think as well, I know for me, I absolutely, absolutely had the belief that the bigger the budget is with your clients, the more work and energy it's going to take to make it happen. This is such a great example for all of us in terms of how that's not true. And I know we can all think of some of those experiences that we've had in terms of not having customers spending very much money but they are some of the most high maintenance customers that we ever have and then on the other end you're going to get to a bit of a sweet spot in your business where all of a sudden you're like huh like i actually don't have to expend as much energy with some of these bigger value better budget customers so there isn't necessarily that direct correlation between having to do bigger weddings or bigger events or bigger budget work and the amount of output that you need to put into that to make it happen. So there's five kind of key lessons through this process that I think are super helpful for all of us. The first one being these guys are not the cheapest around. We didn't just go with the lowest cost option. And I know so many florists like to tell themselves that their customers only care about price. And this is where it's really helpful for you to pay attention to your own customer experiences and really think about like, where are there times where you care about getting the lowest cost option because you don't see the difference between A, B, and C? And where are the times where you feel really attached to having it be a specific brand or a specific business because you're like, no, it has to be that one or nothing. Everybody's going to have different preferences. But you don't necessarily need to decide. You don't need to run the business that is the cheapest around. Number two, when the team showed up for their formal quote process, she was super professional and super helpful. She's not the people who's packing. (laughs) She's not the one who's moving our stuff. She's not the one who's even actually doing the work. She's doing all the project management around the actual packing. But she came in and she was very friendly, very professional, very helpful. That presentation, that physical presentation, her physical being, the way she communicates on emails, her phone persona, all of that contributes to us having trust in the fact that this business is going to hopefully maybe (laughs) take care of our stuff. Again, we don't have any control over it, but up until the point that we kind of see the end of it, okay, maybe. I mean, fingers crossed that the stars align. Number three. She took the time to educate us on the things that we didn't know, the ins and outs of moving overseas. And here's what's in your control. And here's what isn't. And here's what actually happens behind the scenes, because I know nothing about customs. And all of a sudden, I've started to realize, huh, there's so much that I don't know. And I'm so grateful that there's somebody else who's taking care of all this paperwork for us. But she took the time. She took the opportunity because she could sense it's like, oh, these guys have questions. Okay, I'm actually going to walk them through this process so that they understand what's involved. And I know I had the longest hesitation to even, I want to say, it's not even to disappoint our clients, but to let our clients down ahead of time when we were telling them, well, I can't necessarily guarantee the quality of the peonies, or it's not rose season, or lavender's not available. Anything, right? I was so hesitant to do that when, in actual fact, I can totally see now it's like, oh no, that's the good way to handle customer service. Because we've all had those experiences where we've been to the wholesaler, we've been to the market where we've promised something, and then you are so stressed out trying to solve it, so stressed out trying to be like, oh my God, now it's three days before a wedding. Do I have to tell her that she's not going to get this? What about this? And what can I do? Can I hide it? Can I just cross my fingers and hope that it's going to go away? <laughs> like, can we just bury our head in the sand? That was totally me until you start to realize like managing your client's expectations. And I think going one step further to educate them on the things that they cannot see and the things that they do not yet understand or even know about, right? If so many of your clients have no idea that peonies even have a season, they just want peonies because they look cool. Fine totally fine. But let me tell you, you need to make sure you plan your wedding between this week and this week, and you need to be open to it happening any day <laughs> within that six to eight week window. Are you up for it? No? Oh, okay. So then maybe you should be a bit flexible in terms of if peonies are actually available. They don't know that though, and that's fine. And remembering too that every single customer that comes your way is going to have the same level of not knowing. And that's okay because it's actually one of your greatest sales advantages, right? Turning our ignorance as customers in this particular instance, she turned our ignorance into her sales opportunity, which is awesome. Like, credit to her. Five stars. The other thing, too, is that she was honest. She didn't overpromise. She didn't kind of try and paint a rosy picture of what it's actually like. She was very clear about these are the things that are in our control and then these are the things that aren't. That's actually super helpful. Again, this is about education. This is about you using your information to be able to hold your client's hand through this process. And it's so actually helpful. (laughs) Number five is they totally get what it's like to be a customer who's moving house, the disruption, the stress, the realities of the situation. So they're like welcome back, there's not much stuff to it. But it's got that chart on the front of it. It has a checklist, it has things to think about 30 days ahead of time things to think about the week of. It's very simple, but it's very matter of fact and it's very grounded because I don't get stressed out by moving, but it's still disruptive. I still love a good bit of structure. I also know I'm probably not the norm. I think a lot of people get really stressed and really frenzied, rightly so, because you're literally moving your house. Your sense of security is being completely disruptive, but this idea of having that concrete structure, that solidness as the anchor to your highly emotional and anxious clients, right? We want to meet them with that energy of going, okay, so they are highly emotional. They are stressed out. We are going to double down on being grounded, being centered, and being in control of this conversation to really outweigh their emotion. That process, that strategy works really well with high maintenance brides, high maintenance clients who are managing weddings, (laughs) whether it's the mother-in-law, and also when you're going through the experience of planning for a funeral, because it's a hugely emotional experience. The more structured and the more grounded you can be in that conversation, the more your customers will actually listen to you. So instead of necessarily meeting their energy, like meeting high energy, you want to bring it down to a grounded energy because they will focus on you so much more. So the moral of the story here, my friends, is that floral design is not a unicorn industry. (laughs) Clearly, the moving companies are not necessarily worried about increasing engagement, getting more followers, or trying to obsess over how many people liked their most recent posts. (laughs) It's not where they're spending their time. But it makes so much sense because that's not what their customer is worried about. And that means you can free up all of your time to really focus on your sales process, getting back to clients quickly, having that very quick email. It's nothing fancy. There's no PDF attached to it. It's just like, Hey, you asked for some rough pricing. So here's some rough pricing. And it's sent over within 24 hours. If you are ever feeling stuck with your current marketing, you're like, I'm trying all the things, but it's not working. One of the best ways that you can really get out of your own way, and I have found this to be true in so many instances, is stop paying attention to what's happening within the floral design industry. Stop following people on Instagram. Stop following and obsessing over what your BFF friend people are doing or what the popular and famous florists are doing. It's like literally put your blinders on and stop paying attention to the floristry industry. And start paying attention to you as a customer. Where are you and what are you doing when you're looking for a particular solution to a problem? Super fascinating. If you ever go car shopping, insurance shopping, if you're looking for some sort of like professional service, like accountant, lawyer, really pay attention to your own thinking. Pay attention to what it is that you're worried about or what it is that you care about and how the company that you ended up paying to do the job for you how they responded that made you feel confident enough to shop with them. And it's so helpful to just stop obsessing (laughs) for what's happening in the floristry industry, and start looking outside of your industry outside of this industry to really be like, okay, what could I learn? Because there's so much to learn from so many of the companies and the brands that you Love, and you'll have brands and companies that you're absolutely obsessed with. You might even have like a local restaurant that you're like, Yeah, we are going to drive the extra two kilometers just to go there because of XYZ. When you can start to pay attention to your own behavior as a customer, and then take that learning and apply it to your own business. This is where you really get to use your creativity and dial up the originality because this is literally how innovation happens in one industry or in one category. Somebody has an idea that was sparked by something in a totally different category. This idea of going, okay, I just went out for ice cream at the local natural gelato place. And I had this amazing experience and this is what they did. And X, Y, Z, this is the lesson I want to apply in my own business and see how my customers respond. It's such an amazing strategy to help you take your marketing to the next level, because there is so much to be learned all of the time all the time, we can always be learning. And that's what makes being a business owner so much fun. But really deciding, being very intentional about it, of like, I am not going to be paying attention to what's happening in the floristry industry. I am going to go over here and I'm going to live my life. And when a problem arises and I need to hire a professional, I'm going to go through the process and then I'm going to take 10 minutes and document the process and what worked and what I could apply to my own business. It's awesome, <laughs> my friends. It's so incredibly awesome. So go out there, pay attention to what's not happening. (laughs) I should actually say, pay attention to all of the things that are happening not in the floral design industry. Pay attention to your own experience as a customer and take one of those ideas and apply it to your own business and see what happens. It's so much fun. Okay, my friends, I hope that this has been helpful. Have the most amazing day. Take care of yourself, drive safe, drink your water, get some sleep. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.